1: It's Rick Tittle!
2: Hey, it's time for another live edition of Titillating Sports with Rick Tittle. We're here for you. We're talking some sports. You got your Adidas soccer zip hoodie. Me and Dominic have ours. Die Mannschaft der Deutschland. And Real Madrid. Who got by Chelsea and move on to the semifinals of the Champions League. We might have an all San Siro. Estadio Giuseppe Meazzi, Milano. Semifinal as well, we might. How about Milan knocking out Napoli? Wow. That should be Tottenham since we lost. One nil aggregate to Milan, it kills me. I know. What's he talking about? It doesn't matter. We'll talk about football, basketball, baseball, hockey, soccer, golf, tennis, auto racing, boxing, Olympics, good at the ball, chess, checkers, rugby, cricket. And we'll do it together at the toll-free line. 1-800-878-PLAY 1-800-878-7529 get you in and get you heard as we do talk sports with you. I have a sports author, Chris Chalitza that's how he would say it in Italian he might say Saliza we'll find out when he comes on. He's written a book called uh, Power Players, Sports Politics in the American Presidency. It's a very interesting angle. Uh, But other than that And talking to Noah Parker from Pro Wagering in the third hour as well about the NBA playoffs. We are wide open. I'm not aware of any guests in the first two hours. So this is sports talk in its most pure and unadulterated form. Just like the good Lord. By the way, Jesus was American. Um, One of the greatest American. What is that movie? The Candidate. That was so funny. Um, So yeah, two hours of pure sports talk. Come on in. 1-800-878-PLAY. When I don't have a, uh, a guest talking about other things in sports, you know what I do? I know. I talk sports. Big shout out to the troops listening on American Forces Radio Network worldwide. You're doing a great job. Stay safe. Come home soon. We're on the internet at sportsbyline.com. Click listen live. Emails Rick at sportsbyline.com. Tune in at iHeartRadio up, Stitcher up, and I'm on Twitch.tv. Come on back. <laughs>
3: the struggle of tough greasy messes on my stovetop so i just freak wipe and i'm done
4: when i'm frustrated with stubborn bathtub soap scum i just freak wipe and i'm done mr clean clean freak delivers an innovative cleaning experience with a powerful deep cleaning mist that starts working on contact to break down tough messes in seconds just freak wipe done done.
7: Stop overpaying and call right now.
0: Paid for by Steel Man Pills. 800-965-1295. 800-965-1295. 800-965-1295. That's 800-965-1295.
8: iHeartRadio, an app so powerful, it holds 20 million songs from 450,000 artists. Thousands of the best live radio stations, custom stations, and stations created just for you. It's anywhere, and it's everywhere. Millions of songs, thousands of stations, one free app. iHeartRadio is that easy. Download the app today, or listen online at iHeartRadio.com.
9: Titillating sports.
2: All right, hey, thank you for that, and welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. Come on in and get heard. We have the draft coming up uh, in eight days. Yikes, I know, eight days, baby. We also have NBA playoffs. Got a pretty packed slate tonight. The Lakers are at Memphis. That's the first game. Then it will be Miami at Milwaukee. And then Denver will uh, host Minnesota. And, uh, yes, the Warriors will not have Draymond Green for Game 3. And that's completely all his fault. And the one thing that bugged me about the Warriors' record-breaking season, uh, 73 wins. I was there for it. I remember I had just a raging... It was going through my brain. I had to get root canal the next day, and but I had to go. And I remember standing there just in mortal pain and <laughs> just agony. But I had to be there for the 73rd win, <clears throat> the one that Andrew Bogut said, let's not try and break it. Let's just rest. And I thought, well, as long as you're not playing, guys, 46 minutes, just break it. Anyway, um, that season they hadn't lost uh, three games in a row all year, blah, 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 the platitudes, the all the things they did, and they lost three in a row. They lost the last two at home. And uh, Draymond Green in that finals was suspended in 2016 after the teabag gate on LeBron. There was a, of course, Draymond was kicked out in uh, the round before that against Oklahoma City because he kicked Stephen Adams in the crotch. So thrown out of two games that playoffs. Um, last year <clears throat> in the playoffs, playoffs? Uh, the Warriors won the whole thing, remember? Yeah, I do. He got thrown out of a game uh, pulling on Brandon Clark's jersey against Memphis and then now he's been thrown out in Game 2 of the first round against Sacramento also. So and he's played in, I think, 147 playoff games, which is pretty astounding. I think he has 17 tees, and he's been thrown out of four. So you might say, oh, that's not bad. You shouldn't even be thrown out of one. How many other Warriors have been thrown out? But anyway, the one thing that I hated the most about that season besides losing in the finals to Cleveland was that people said, if Draymond hadn't have been suspended in game five, then I'm like, shut up. If Draymond wasn't suspended, if we had had Draymond, the league wanted Cleveland to win. So they suspended Draymond. I'm like, shut up. First of all, Draymond played in the next two games at Oakland and they only need to win one of those. So, <clears throat> I, I I I think to myself, no one's going to say that this time, but they will. When it seems like well not if the Warriors lose this series, well, if we had had Draymond, blah, blah. well, we had Draymond in Sacramento. What happened there? Just every time we started getting something going, he would do something stupid. And I know Draymond is a good rebounder and defender and he ends up the game with a lot of assists and every once in a while he might score a point even though he's all thumbs when he's shooting. I would rather have him than not. I'm not completely dumb. I don't hate Draymond, but he does bug the living hell out of me a lot when he does this. And when he started yelling at the crowd, I just I didn't want to see his face anymore, because you're supposed to be a veteran. You know, you brag about your CV, about all your rings. And when Barkley said, well, someone punch him in the face. He said at the time I have three rings. Barkley has none, which is true. Now he has four, you know, he's got a hundred million dollar contract. Um, I was more than willing to move on from him at the end of this year, and in all honesty, I've said it over the years. I've been, I've been uh, completely fine with moving on with from him from when he was a rookie. <laughs> I just, I've never thought he was the linchpin. But then again, <clears throat> when he's not playing, the Splash Brothers don't work as well because he does a lot of that. He puts on his hard hat and brings his lunch pail. That whole adage. You know, he does the dirty work. And and that was the reason why the Big Ten Player of the Year was a second-round pick. How is the Big Ten Player of the Year at MSU a second-round pick? Because no one knew what to do with him. He was too tall to play guard. He couldn't play forward because he couldn't shoot. So what do you do with him? And... It's amazing that a guy with basically no position, I mean, you could say, well, sometimes he's a power forward and sometimes he's a center. I mean, that is true. But for the most part, what do you do with him? And he has fashioned a career that some people think is worthy for the Hall of Fame because he has the, the rings. And we saw what happened in the pandemic season, uh, the bubble season, And we had no Splash Brothers for a while. Of course, Clay was out for the whole year, and Steph was out for this significant amount of time. And it was just Draymond. And without the Splash Brothers, Draymond looked beyond useless. And that's not his fault because this is not his game. His game, as I said, is to do the dirty work, to guard the other team's best big guy, even if he's outsized, and let the shooters shoot and so when there's no Splash Brothers he's kind of exposed as the two dimensional guy he is but that's better than being one dimensional I guess but as I said when the Splash Brothers don't have him it doesn't work as well and this is why Joe Lacob has done everything he's can to, to keep him and this is why Steve Kerr makes excuse after excuse after excuse for him and basically yeah, that's how he plays but A guy with his experience, a guy that old, to be just as much of a hothead as he's always been, to stomp on a guy's ribs, which he absolutely did, you know, there was, if he had to step on him, that's not how you accidentally step on somebody. I think when you step on somebody, you're half, oops, I really don't want to hurt this person, half, I don't want to hurt myself, because I'll turn my ankle on your chest. But we saw him stomp. And the league has suspended him for a game, this game coming up. And the NBA noted, quote, the suspension was based in part on Green's history of unsportsmanlike acts. So if he had said they beat him to the punch of like saying, oh, this is just because of my reputation. The NBA beat him to it and said, yeah, this is. You're not a first time offender. This isn't like Clay Thompson stepped on his chest. And he still would probably get suspended. You're Draymond Green. We know who you are. The refs know who you are. And so Steph Curry is the Warriors' North Star, and we steer our ship by him. And the people who think that Green is the North Star are wrong. But we love Draymond in the media. I have interviewed Draymond many times on 95.7. I've asked him many questions at press conferences. One time I did a whole interview just talking about the time he went out for tight end at Michigan State. He's funny, he's outspoken, you know. I, I think off the court I would like the guy, but he just can't get it together on the court. And he looks like someone who is really, really insecure. And why would you be insecure when you have that resume I mentioned? I don't know, it's it's maddening, he deserves to be suspended, and I don't want to hear one word about, uh, if we had a dream on, we would have won. Come on back on Sports Bail.
9: Diesem Land
10: hab ich Treue geschworen, bin geboren in der Pfalz. Ich liebe dich nun
9: mal jeden Berg, jedes Tag, Heimatland, du mein schönes Pfälzerland.
5: You must be crazy. Use a D-O-G. And if you was my man, I would have been kicked you out of my house by now. This is what had happened.
2: Goodness gracious, that is very, very involved. I'm Rick Tittle. Welcome back to the show. And lines are available. How about that pause? I always wonder what pregnant pause means. How did that ever become an adjective? A pregnant pause? I don't know. What do I know? I'm not very bright. 1-800-878-PLAY. 1-800-878-7529. I just got this uh, meme. It says, on a scale of 1 to 10, how big of a conspiracy theorist are you? And it shows Jeffrey Epstein. And then it shows Andrew Jackson on money. And they look exactly the same. Fum, 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 fum. All right. I want to keep talking about Draymond <laughs> because it's so fun. Not really, but I wanted to take a look with you the reaction around the NBA. And look, as I said, Sabonis did grab his leg. If he didn't grab his leg, he wouldn't have got stepped on. And as they always say in the NFL, they find the guy who retaliates. So you'll push a guy, and then that guy will shove you back, and they'll be like, ref, what's up? And they saw the retaliation. So, you know, a lot of honesty here. Draymond said the explanation was I stomped too hard, and the NBA said you got this because you've been a jackass in the past. They didn't say jackass, but in other words, repeat offender. We know who you are. You're out on parole. Now, there were some players that came to his defense. Damian Lillard, the pride of Oakland High School, same high school that brought us Jackie Jensen, former All-Star with the Red Sox, and also second in Heisman voting when he was a running back at Cal and Pappy Waldorf's great Rose Bowl teams. Yeah, Cal, Cal used to go to the Rose Bowl in the 40s. So Damian Lillard is a frequent tweeter, and he tweeted this. Take foul on Sabonis. I didn't think Dre tried to step down. That's just how his balance ended up. All right. How about Shaq? Sitting on the same panel with Barkley, who says someone should punch Draymond in the face. Shaq said, by the way, he called me Pretty Ricky.
8: See you later, Pretty Ricky.
2: I'll take it. Who thinks you're good-looking? Shaquille O'Neal. That's great. By the way, where did light the beam come from? I mean, I know they shoot the beam straight up. And then there's all these things that say beam team. Go to your Outback Steakhouse and put in hashtag beam team. Beam team will be able to get that over to you right away. Um, Dominic says... One of pregnant's original meaning means symbolic or of importance. So pregnant pause just means that it's a deliberate or important pause to build anticipation of what's coming next. Thank you very much. Learned something new today. I actually learned something new. Yeah, go ahead, Dom.
3: Yeah. So the Kings just, they literally last year started lighting a purple beam after the the winds. There's, there's nothing symbolic or meaning. It's just, they, something they literally do.
2: All right. Thank you for that. Yeah. I, I had never noticed it before, until this year. And then I was at a Buckhorn Grill. Hashtag Beam Team. It's all over Beam Team. And I first thought I said Beat Team. What do you mean Beat Team? Oh, Beam Beam Team. Anyway, Shaq, <clears throat> about Draymond Stomp Gate. My neighbor and I are arguing over a gate, so it's Gate Gate. Shaq said, I'm not going to sit up here and be a hypocrite. I would have done the same thing. Don't be grabbing me because what am I going to do? If I stay there and try to run forward, I'll fall. You got to get him up off you. And if you up off me and you in the way, you might get stumped on. Was it a dirty play? Of course it was a dirty play. But, hey, don't grab me, and this won't happen. Well, that's what I said to a certain extent is if Sabonis hadn't grabbed his foot, I'm sure Draymond wouldn't have thought about, oh, I need to stomp on this guy right now. But Eddie Johnson, former Sixth Man of the Year, a guy who has been on this show and is also a radio host as well, he said he didn't understand what Green was thinking. He also noted, probably not smart when Adam Silver is sitting there. Eddie tweeted, yes, Sabonis grabbed his leg, but why would you stomp a man in his chest when your team would have gained a point closer and have the ball and then act up in full view of the commish? Yeah, and that's me. You know, I basically think the same thing. You know, that's what was so bad is that the Kings came down and had a, a completely goofy... Um, transition and the Warriors got it back and we're going to get within I think two and then that happened by the way in the history of basketball and I don't even mean playoff basketball the Warriors went into the bonus in the third quarter I think in about 90 seconds I'm not exaggerating I've never seen anything like it in my life I've been watching, watching basketball a long time Foul foul, foul 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 bonus. What? We've got like nine and a half minutes in the third quarter, and they're in the bonus.
3: There were more than ten minutes. There were more the
2: than bonus. ten minutes. Thank you, Dominic. <laughs> <laughs> so I was right. 90 seconds. So any Kings fan is the boo. Steph gets all the calls because he's the pretty boy. No. Now I also mentioned Steve Kerr always gets his back. And remember, Draymond Green predates Steve Kerr, so when the Warriors won the first championship, and I walked in two of those parades, and one of them I covered I was stationed on a corner because we were doing it live on 95/7. so when people went by, they go, "Rick, what do you see now? I see Libby Schaff and the mayor of Oakland in a metal snail that's breathing fire." True story. I remember I went by two of my colleagues, and they go, who you see? And I go, I see the program director. And they went, ah, oh, geez, on the air. And they go, what's he doing in the parade? But anyway, that first parade, Draymond got drunk. And do you remember who Draymond had with him? Marshawn Lynch. And his mom, Draymond's mom. And when they finally got to the dais by the Henry J. Kaiser Convention Center, which is at the west end of the lake, Lake Merritt. He goes, where's my rook? Where's my rook? And he grabbed Kerr and got him in a headlock, Met rookie head coach. Kerr always gets his back. He has a master class in diplomacy, the international man that he is. After the game, they said, what's up, coach? How about Draymond? What do you think? He said, quote, I didn't see the play live, and then I didn't see the replay. I asked referee Zach Zarba. He told me I was busy with with getting the team ready. One of the coaches told me he might get ejected, so I was trying to prepare for what was next. That's absolute players coach 101 one-on-one 101 101 this is not if this had happened on uh, under Olivial Mar Olivier I always want to say that Oliver Marmol what would he have said uh, he benched Tyler O'Neill for being slow <laughs> you know AJ Hinch with Detroit the other day he benched um uh Javi uh, what's his name second baseman the guy from the Cubs Javi Baez? Javi Baez, thank you, Dominic. Javi Baez because he thought there were two outs and he got doubled up on a fly ball. And he said, I hate to bench one of my best guys, but you got to know how many outs there are. I wonder what would happen. Sabonis shrugged it off, which was a very veteran move to him to say, ah, it's playoff basketball. We're fighting. We're fighting for the rebound. We fell on each other. Like he said, stuff happens. It's basketball. we got to move on. Next play. Um, Coach Brown defended his player. Knows Drummond very well. Former Warriors assistant. He said it's a flagrant two for sure, and it'll be interesting to see what the NBA does after they review it. it as a pretty hard stomp. And then Klay Thompson was asked about it. And <clears throat> he said, what are you going to do? Someone grabs your foot at full speed when you're running full speed. And that's not cool. I'm not saying what Draymond did was right, but you just can't grab somebody's foot taking off in a full sprint. Well, I wouldn't say it was a full sprint, but, you know, Clay, as he said, he's a pretty even killed guy. But, you know, the Warriors are paying for those antics right now. And if they lose Game 3, it is So, I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back on Sports Byline.
5: tittle always goes commando
2: thank you for that and uh welcome to the show rick tittle with you 1-800-878 play as we have open lines 1-800-878-7529 that's how you're gonna get in and get heard wherever you might happen to be listening in this great land of ours and uh okay foreign lands not every foreign land is bad why would you say that? All right, let's go to New York City with Charlie. Charlie, your main man, Draymond, got suspended. What's up, buddy?
1: Uh, it, it, it's fitting that the season started with him punching cool in the face, and it will probably end with him stomping on someone mm-hmm. and uh, and his, the histrionics on the court. That's what got him, I feel, suspended for the game, not the stomp itself. It was all the nonsense he did after. He was waving his arms, calling fans, the from what I read, the P word and the B word and, mm-hmm. and, and of course, with, with Silver sitting right there. And uh, um, uh, listen, he's a failure as a leader. This is a guy who should be lead a leader. For all his credentials, everything he's achieved in the league, he, he has failed as a leader. And for the life of me, I don't understand why the Warriors front office give him such a long leash. I was shocked, honestly, after the punch that he was not traded, uh, just to set an example. I feel that punch has tainted, uh, has put a pall over the season. Uh, he, he, what, when does, what, you, you weigh the pros and the cons. And you, when he left the court, when he, when he left with about seven minutes left, the Kings wound up scoring, I think, on every, outside of one or two, every possession after that. So the, clearly, there's a, his presence is is needed on the defensive end, but he, he can't score. He turns the ball over way too much, and now all this other nonsense. So, I, you, you, why why does uh, Myers and Lake and and all these guys why does he have such a long leash? What, what is Does he have pictures of them in compromising positions or something? Why does this guy get away with this when on most other teams it would not have been tolerated?
2: It's a good question at this point. And, you know, I think when they, they got that ring, it sort of, you know, saved his reputation and he got kind of new life. But there has to be a breaking point. At some point, I mean, it, 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 if you're so loyal that you turned a blind eye to stupidity like that, um, you know, and, and I don't know, this this might be the final straw after the as you you know as you say the punch and everything else. This this might be the final straw.
1: Well, like after punching pool, what what is that again? You don't know what was done behind closed doors. He wasn't suspended. He played opening night. I don't know if he was financially penalized. I don't know if he showed true remorse to Poole, but what kind of, what, what does that say to Poole, assuming Poole will be on this? Well, even if he doesn't, but even just for this year, like, what does that say? I don't know. It's it just, this season has just, has just gone sideways right from the get go. And uh, listen, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow night. They're home. Maybe, maybe Steph goes nuclear, but uh, it, it's, it's just uh, this guy never – like, you know, if he – and I know it's in the heat of the moment, but, like, if he's grabbing his ankle, why not uh, – again, I, 2020's hindsight – if he fell, if he fell and and, and exaggerated the fall and just uh, – this whole lot – instead of stomping on him, which, again, a lot of players Shaq, They all said they would have done the same thing. And I know it's in the heat of the moment, but he's he, – He's been, it just boggles my mind. This dude's 32, 33 years old, been in the league 10 years, probably, or most likely a Hall of Famer. And he, he's still doing the same stuff. He's putting himself in front of the team, in my opinion, in a lot of these instances. Case in point, you've pointed out with Crabtree and, and uh, uh, Tlaib with the Broncos. Mm-hmm. He put himself in front of the team. Yeah, I just don't know for the life of me why the Warriors just accept it all the time. Um, anyway, that's it on that happy note. And uh, did the A's win last night? Uh, all right, never
2: mind. Oh, all right, by George. the way, at twelve. Oh, at, oh yes. At twelve thirty, Mason Miller. You know they 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 also are bringing up Jordan Diaz. At least I think they might might start to be getting a little bit fed up. But this kid Mason Miller is supposed to be really great, and he'll probably suck. But it's something.
1: And, ma- and didn't they just something to look for? Didn't they just make a trade with the Giants? I I read somewhere a, a big big blockbuster trade uh, Stevens to Cal Stevenson. Or, or I don't even know. I don't even know the A's roster that much, so I don't know. But I heard they just made a trade with the Giants for cash considerations. Is is there any truth to that?
2: Cal Stevenson, the 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 A's DFA'd him. And so they okay, they I, they had to take him they had to take him off the forty man roster and um so the the Giants picked him up, which it was really it's sad for the oh, Giants because okay, Cal cool. Stevenson sucks. And that just shows you what are the Giants? <laughs> Giants are like five and eleven. They're not much better than the A's.
1: I know. The A's are only uh, yeah you know, well who's well, we'll sick. Anyway, all right, that's all I got, buddy. I all right, we'll hey,
2: be. thanks. I appreciate it. And um I shouldn't say sucks. That's mean. (laughs) It's just like last year when the A's had Christian Betancourt, the guy who's an important member of the Rays, one of the only guys on the team who could kind of hit, and the A's had him playing first base. And so they traded him to the Rays for Cal Stevenson, and Cal Stevenson for the A's hit 167. 167. And so, when they had to make room for Tyler Wade yesterday, Stevenson got DFA'd. And the Giants said, We like what we see. That's just Farhan, his like old Billy Bean uh, influence coming over. <clears throat> but the A's, uh, good sign. Ken Waldachuk against the Cubs was very good yesterday. I mean, we're just we're trying for anything at this straight to look better. Um, they're calling up Jordan Diaz who is a guy who last year um, came up in September and hit 265. Why he didn't make the team, I don't know. 265 would lead the team in hitting basically. <laughs> now, I know Estery Ruiz is the only player worth watching and Brent Rooker like hurt his knee sliding for a ball. Um, So, you know, Tony Kemp is Mr. Personality. I'm on the A's now. Tony Kemp is Mr. Personality, and he's a lot of fun, and he's a veteran, and he can play in the outfield or second base. But he's also hitting 159. So people are like, well, where does Diaz fit? The second baseman? I don't know. Call me crazy. This is, this is wild, so stick with me. How about second? Considering the guy they have right now. Stinks. So now with Mason Miller. Mason Miller, by the way, a third round pick out of Gardner Webb. And I had to look up where Gardner Webb was again. And it's in a town called Boiling Springs, <laughs> North Carolina. <clears throat> you gotta love Boiling Springs. But anyway, third round pick, like six foot six, uh, had an amazing Arizona Fall League. Basically, uh, unhittable and the number three prospect in the system. So, next is at some point Tyler Soderstrom, I would think. Our top prospect is at our, and then Zach Galof, <clears throat> who played for is- Team Israel in the World Baseball Classic. It might take a little longer for those two. Um, now, <clears throat> people say, well, you know, Shay Langoliers is uh, the catcher and Ryan Noda is at first. And they have to, this is the thing, they have to keep Noda on the roster all year. But you can still find spots for these guys to hit. Goloff had a shoulder injury at the beginning of the year and he's just back right now. But, uh, yeah, so when you look at the uh, updated 40-man, uh, and it's pretty, it's pretty sad with some guys because I was thinking who would get um, kicked off the 40-man, and I saw Adam Aller pitching last night, and I thought, well, it's got to be him. They've got guys like Blackburn and Jimenez, Rusinski, Sneed, Tarnock, Pina, Seth Brown. They're all on the I.L. right now, so they don't count. But, you know, the A's acquired this guy, J.J. Bladé, former first-round pick. Uh, Lawrence Butler was outstanding for Team Canada and the World Baseball Classic. And yet, here's the thing. They they run a guy out there. It, it's funny. I said this before. I did an A's game one time uh, pre and post, and I said there are only two guys on the Astros that can't hit, Oledmus Diaz and Tony Kemp. Oledmus Diaz got a two-year contract. Once again, Oledmus Diaz got a two-year contract. He can't hit 200. Uh, Jace Peterson is beyond useless. He got a two year contract. Now, it doesn't matter how poorly those guys play. They're making money, and the A's will not eat that money. They just absolutely will not eat that money. It's not possible. So that means we're stuck with those two guys. They don't have to play them. But, you know, as I said right now, if you look through the lineup, Brent Rooker has looked like maybe I'll watch his at-bat. Esturi Ruiz is the only guy worth watching. But I was actually kind of a Connor Cable guy because when they acquired him at the end of last year, he I think he hit like 280. and He <clears throat> had a horrific error in right field. I think it was game two. It was not an error. They changed it to a triple. He basically put his glove down and it bounced right by him. And if you can't touch it, it's not an error. It's a stupid rule. I hate that. But last night, Connor Capel at the plate swung at three pitches that I don't know if I would have swung at. One of them was in the dirt, one was over his head, and one was a changeup that he swung on yesterday. And I thought, that might be the worst at bat I've seen in 10 years. And then he took that A.B. into the field because a ball was hit right to him And he turned his glove up, then he turned it down, and then it kind of hit him in the chest. And it's like, did you lose that in the lights? Because that's pathetic. And I just thought some people say it's the curse of Derek Barton. It's not. (laughs) And by the way, I feel bad for Derek Barton. I remember him with the bases loaded in a game that when the A's started their amazing season of walk-offs, and Johnny Gomes got hit by a pitch, and so they loaded the bases. It was against the Royals. at that fireballer closer, and there were one out, and Barton got up and went looking, and then the next guy hit a single. I don't know, it was Brandon Inge or Coco or something. And in the locker room, I, I, he was just sad in his director's chair, and I went over to Barton, and I'm like, hey, I started interviewing him, and he goes, I feel like I let the whole team down. I'm like, yeah, but we won. He goes, I know, but I choked. Those, These guys wear the booing. But anyway, um, Mason Miller, we'll see. Five minutes in, we might say he stinks, too. We'll see. I'm Rick Tittle. Get on back. I'm byline. Oh, yeah. Woo. It's the big
4: stuff.
13: Do you have an invention idea but don't know what to do next? Call InventHelp now for free information on how to get started today. InventHelp provides invention services that help everyday inventors get started with their idea. We have representatives nationwide who will explain the InventHelp process step by step. Over 10,000 patents have been secured through InventHelp's patent referral services. Our services include professional materials needed to showcase your invention, and 3D animation and prototype modeling that help you demonstrate your idea. Get down to the details of your idea with a technical drawing. The Data databank includes thousands of companies who have agreed to review new ideas. We've been helping inventors since 1984. Let's help you next. Take advantage of the opportunity to get started today. Call 1-800-356-7308. That's 1-800-356-7308.
12: Again, 1-800-356-7308.
0: 800-754-4531. Pricing information, 800-915-9654, 800-915-9654, 915 9654 that's 800-915-9654.
14: You're so ugly you could be a modern art masterpiece.
5: 3% sure Rick Tittle is the father of my child, but I'm 100% sure Rick Tittle is a jackass. Ah,
2: uh, it hurts my feelings. You know, <clears throat> a couple minutes left in hour number one of three. We got full open lines next hour too. 1-800-878-7529. Um, <clears throat> giants and A's trades are very rare. I think the most famous one was Ernest Riles for Darren Lewis, and Darren Lewis was a Berkeley kid who went to Cal and staying in the East Bay, and Ernest Riles was a switch-hitting infielder. But uh, D. Lou would go on to be a a gold-glove center fielder. I never regretted that trade because Darren Lewis really couldn't hit a lick. So I'm not going to cry over a – I mean, obviously the Giants got the better part of the deal, but it's not like, oh, my gosh, we lost an amazing player. But Darren Lewis did set the Major League record for – most games without an error is 392. And then he had a ball go under his glove for an error. Um, but then that was broken. That record was broken in 2015 by an Atlanta Braves outfielder. Do you know who it was that broke the all time record in consecutive games without an error with 393? You'll never get it.
3: Adam Duvall,
2: Nick Marcakis. <laughs> <laughs> I I think about him as a hitter. I don't really think about him as a, a fielder, but uh, there you go. Put that in your cake and kiss it. I'm Rick Tittle. We'll come on back on Sports Byline for two more hours.
15: USA News. I'm Richard Johnson. Attorneys for accused classified documents leaker Jack Teixeira want more time to make their case for bail. So the judge in Boston's delayed today's hearing on that subject. The 21-year-old Cape Cod man's accused of leaking highly classified documents to gamer friends in a chat room. And that's led to lots of questioning about why someone so young had access to such materials. Michigan Congresswoman Alyssa Slotkin, who was a CIA analyst right out of grad school, has an idea.
4: We live in a world where a lot of young people in the military have a lot of responsibility, a lot of access. We need to relook some of that and make sure we're, you know, keeping people who only have a need to know on some of the most sensitive things. Slotkin
15: says Share was an IT tech, so he would have access to the computer systems. House Republicans unveil their massive immigration reform bill today.
8: A lot of these ideas aren't new
14: ideas. It's finding the political will for people to solve them.
15: Texas Republican Congressman Tony Gonzalez says the GOP bill would end so-called catch and release and instead force migrants to apply for asylum before they reach the border. It's a solemn day in Oklahoma City as people mark the time 28 years ago When a man blew up the Murrah Federal Building, killing 168 people.
4: We come here
5: to remember those who were killed, those who survived, and those changed forever.
15: Like Cindy Farrell-Ashwood, who lost her sister. For the third time in a week, someone's recovering from being shot over making a mistake. This time, it's a high school cheerleader who mistook someone else's car for hers. The girl realized her mistake late Tuesday at a grocery store parking lot in Austin, Texas, but the man inside the car got out, walked to the car where 14 girls were sitting, and started firing. Two of the girls were hit, and one is in intensive care. The shooter is under arrest. This is USA News
14: Man, I feel like I'm in my 20s again, at work, in the gym, and in the bedroom. Are they still giving out complimentary bottles for people to try it for themselves? Yeah, you just need to send them a text. Text STAPLE to
7: 321321 right now for your complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total Tea, the number one selling testosterone booster at GNC. Plus, text now, and we'll include a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, our most powerful fat incinerator ever, to help you get back into shape fast, absolutely free. Text STAPLE to 321321. That's STAPLE to 321321.
15: We know about Netflix as the world's top streaming video company, but remember that nearly 25 years ago, Netflix began as a DVD rental service. You sign up, you ask for the movies, you get the DVDs in the mail, you watch the movies, then send the discs on to their next destinations. All that ends in September when Netflix will shut down its DVD by mail service. The other big streaming service, Amazon, says it's rolling out a new tech feature that should make it easier to understand what's being said in its movies and shows. It's called Dialogue Boost, and the aim is to increase the volume of the people speaking in relation to the background sounds. The feature is already available on some Amazon original shows, like The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel and Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan. Some of the people who work at the happiest place on earth may be a little happier this month. Security officers, bag checkers, canine handlers, and others at Disneyland have received big raises. About $18 an hour, going to $24 an hour. The hikes began on April 1st. Indio, California is home of the Coachella Music Festival, a source of pride and big-time income for the region. And that apparently includes the city's treasury, thanks to a big fine for curfew violations last week. Indio's finding festival organizers nearly $120,000 for going past the midnight cutoff time. The going rate, $20,000 once the music goes over by five minutes, then five grand for every minute beyond that. I'm Richard Johnson, USA News.
16: If you're struggling to keep up with conversations, avoiding restaurants because you can't understand the waiter, if you've got the TV volume way, way up, then you really need these. These tiny but powerful little hearing aids are the Nano CIC rechargeable. Here's the number. Call now.
0: 800-278-1738. 800-278-1738. 800-278-1738. That's 800-278-1738.
13: Rick Tittle knows his sports.
4: I hate that guy. I love that guy. Oh my gosh, he's so fine. Rick Tittle brings home the bacon, fries it up in a pan, and then he eats it ricky t in the hizzle for shizzle biznatch
2: welcome back to the program rick Tuttle, with you coast to coast and around the world on the american forces radio network my Oakland A's were a charter member of the National League, very briefly, and then a charter member of the American League, which they've been in since its inception, 1901. And after 18 games, this is their worst start in franchise history. It's over 120 years, peeps. 3-15. and 15, This is the worst team in the history of the team. And um, it's just the sort of thing where you ask, can we win a game? Can we win a game? I don't know. It's very weird. And then, as I was mentioning, you know, Barry of Baseball is a toilet. I tweeted it, but when you, uh, I didn't do the poo symbol. Toilet's much more classy. But when I look at what the Giants are doing, it makes me think about that season. What did they win? 111 games or something? 108 games? It was the most wins in the history of the franchise. It's kind of the same team. <laughs> well, I don't know how they did that. Uh, <clears throat> but it's bizarre. But I said, look out for those upstart Arizona Diamondbacks. Now, I didn't say they'd make the playoffs, and they're not. But they're in first place in the West, and there's no other winning team in the West. You know, I most people think there's going to be um, well, obviously one, but there'd be a wild card coming out of there. That'd be the San Diego Padres. San Diego Padres are 300. The Dodgers are at 500 right now. The Dodgers are worse than the Pittsburgh Pirates. They're worse than the Miami Marlins. Yeah. Now, once again, it is April. So we don't want to get too ahead. But when you stink, you stink. Kansas City, 4-14, four and 14, still better than the A's. One more win and one less loss. Let's concentrate on that for the next hour or other stuff at 1-800-87A-PLAY saluting our troops listening on American Forces Network and watch me on twitch.tv search for sports byline and come on back.
17: Here's a message just for the attorneys out there. So you passed the bar, joined a firm, or even built your own. Now, are you finding out that you're doing more administration than actual law practice? Lexicon can help. Lexicon is a legal technology provider with over a decade of experience streamlining administrative tasks, like timekeeping, billing, and more. So you can focus on maximizing billable hours and increasing client satisfaction. Call 855-4-LEXICON or visit lexiconservices.com slash go to learn more.
8: Seriously. Everywhere, man. 20 million songs from 450,000 artists. iHeartRadio.
0: Chicago, Fargo, Minnesota, Buffalo, Toronto, Winslow, I, radio.
16: I create my own radio
8: stations. iHeartRadio. Millions of songs, thousands of stations, one free app. iHeartRadio is that easy. Download the app today or listen online at iHeartRadio.com.
0: Here's the number. 800-725-1651. 800-725-1651. That's 800-725-1651. Paid for by Legal Alert Line.
9: Check out Channel 9. Check out Rick Tunnel.
2: Check me out. Lines are open. 1 800 87A play. Dominic Jimenez on the other side of the glass has the list of the top ten flagrant fouls of all time. Technical. Technical fouls of all time. I got one right. Can you go through can you go through ten to one?
3: Yeah, I don't have the actual numbers on how many technicals these guys had, but number ten, Jermaine O'Neill number 9 Shaq
2: Wait is this number of technicals
3: This is most number of technical fouls oh, in a game Oh
2: I was when you asked me that I was thinking of the actual foul Like the moment where the guy like what was the worst egregious like oh, elbow no, this to is the straight
3: face up number uh, All right so
2: go ahead Jermaine O'Neal Shaq
3: Number 8 is Kobe
2: hmm.
3: 7 Kevin Garnett 6 Russell Westbrook hmm Number five, you got this one right, Dennis Rodman. Number four, Gary Payton. Really? Number three, Rasheed Wallace. <laughs> number two, Charles Barkley. And number one, because he's gonna deliver the most technical fouls, Carl Malone.
2: The mailman. Wow. Thank you for that. Carl Malone is your all time leader in technical fouls in NBA history. Wow. That is surprising, I gotta say. Uh, lines are available at 1-800-878-PLAY. <clears throat> we um, got these little postseason awards and these polls and other things we've had, but there's this new award called the Jerry West Clutch Player of the Year. <clears throat> it's never been handed out before, but it will be now. This is you know, revamping and renaming a lot of these trophies for guys. But the winner is De'Aaron Fox of the Kings, who's playing an amazing series in his first two games against the Warriors. I mean, he's basically the best player on the floor. But this is the first uh, individual award by any king since Tyreek Evans, who won Rookie of the Year over Steph Curry. And, um, Mike Brown is expected to be coach of the year when it is announced later today, but Fox led the NBA by scoring 194 total points in the clutch. What does that mean? The NBA defines any game in which the score is within five with five minutes or less on the clock. Interesting. Second place was DeMar DeRozan, who finished a full 35 points behind him. And even with the higher volume, Fox was uh, efficient. He shot 53% from the floor in the clutch minutes. Those those minutes can also be, if it's more than five, it can be garbage minutes too. But um, more importantly, um, Fox led the Kings in clutch time to a – 22 and 17 record without him, they would have finished below 500. Obviously, and you know the fact that the Kings finished five games ahead of the Lakers and ahead of the Warriors. I mean, it's just they're in rarefied air right now. <clears throat> and uh, Fox leads all postseason scores with 13 clutch points <laughs> as well. So they've waited 17 years for somebody to play clutch up there and he has delivered uh, so far one eight hundred eight seven eight 878 play um, I was watching the Warrior game um, the other night game too and I said um, you know that's that's got to be Arvidas Sabonis' son and of course it is and then someone's like who? and they don't know who Arvidas Sabonis is and I thought well Arvidas Sabonis is my age Ew. But he was probably the best big man of his generation. Obviously one of the greatest European players, if not the best European player of all time. I mean, now that we've had Dirk, it's kind of hard to say it's not Dirk. But before him, Sabonis, who's a Lithuanian, <clears throat> he had to play for the Soviet Union. And Bill Walton called him a seven foot three Larry Bird one of the best passers ever, regardless of position, and getting gold medals in the Olympics and then finally getting to play for that Lithuanian team when they had that Grateful Dead skull shirts and stuff. Hall of Famer, but he was drafted in 1986 by the Blazers. But they didn't get him until nine years later when he was 30 years old because he had to... Be able to get out of uh, well, the Soviet Union had to fall basically, but he's from Kaunas, which is you know in Lithuania, and he started playing basketball when he, I remember he started playing when he was thirteen, and he was on the Soviet national team at fifteen. In fact, he was so good he was excused from the draft. They're like, just don't even go to the army. And but then he went to Spain and after playing, I think it was for Valladolid, and then he went to Real Madrid, and that's when yes, Real Madrid has a basketball team. But uh, Sabonis had a devastating Achilles tendon injury and and the the interesting thing is this is how bad Portland wanted him. They, they drafted him when he was 20 years old in 85, same as me. And the selection was voided because they said you can't draft anyone under 21. Like, didn't the Blazers know that? So the Blazers came back and drafted him again in 86, even though they knew that he would not be allowed to play by the Soviet Union or Dale Brown was at LSU and Dale Brown, um, said he's coming here to Louisiana state. He's coming to Baton Rouge and he didn't, (laughs) but it was his Bob Witsett. Bob Witsett was the guy who, um, he made it happen for, uh, for him. And, um, look, he, um, He's one of the greatest big men of all time, and you know he was—he's a huge fan favorite in Portland. He only played there like six years, um, because I said you know, or maybe seven years. It was near the end of his uh, his career. He had given most of his good years to uh, the Spanish league, but you know, now with his son, kind of reminds me of um, Peter Schmeichel and uh, Casper Schmeichel. Um, but, um, I looked up his kids' names. He has a daughter named Osrine and three sons. Zigamontas. You gotta love that name. Zigamontas. Tout Toutvitas is a pretty good name too. And Demontas. And Demontas, guess where he was born? That's right. Portland, Oregon. Um, but he moved his whole family to Malaga, which is in, in Spain. And so then, of course, DeMontis was the 11th overall pick and uh, then dealt uh, to the uh, the Kings. But um, this is a guy who, and by the way, DeMontis is supposed to be the most diehard Celtics fan of all time because he loves Larry Bird. But uh, just to give you a little background on the family ties from Stompgate, his dad was basically the stallion of his era in Europe. I'm the stallion of my era on the radio. That's what Time Magazine said. I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back.
0: That's 800-788-1495. You
9: can't be serious, man. You cannot be serious!
5: Rick Tittle is a majestic stallion.
2: All right. Thank you for that. Welcome back to the show. <clears throat> we have open lines and we'd love to hear from you. This is Sports Byline USA where we talk sports. That's the gist of it. That's right. I said gist. 1-800-878-PLAY. The <clears throat> um, the NBA was talking about this anonymous poll that was taken uh, by The Athletic, Sam Amick, my old friend, and Josh Robbins talked to 54 NBA players and asked them some questions. But one of them was, who is the most overrated player? And the guy who got the most votes, well, they had a list of 17 players. And then the 18th choice was Other. Other won with 31.5%. But of the 17 players, the one that got the most votes, 15% was Trey Young of Atlanta. Now, we know in 2021, the Hawks got to the Eastern Conference Finals. And they're like, Luca who? And they have been relegated to the play-in tournament the last two seasons, although they've Made it through into the playoffs both times. Young hasn't been great. In the last two postseasons, he shot 31% from the field. He shot 49 threes in seven playoff games and only made eight. Now the Hawks have undergone some significant turmoil. Travis Schlenk. Former Warriors assistant GM who got the job in Atlanta and made the Donchitz trade after drafting him for Trey Young. He's out. Nate McMillan is out. And McMillan was the second head coach fired since Trey Young came in, following Lloyd Pierce. And so now Landry Fields forever has taken over as GM and Quinn Snyder as Atlanta's new head coach. Okay. We know that. Remember he had his bags packed at Snyder for Europe, and they're like, you ain't going. See ya and um kind of reminds me of the the world cup before this one the third string cold keeper for england was named jack butland i love that name butland and um, he had planned his wedding and um, he had planned his wedding and his honeymoon and then he made the world cup team and he told the girl his fiance i can't make it and she said it's amazing i'm going to go to the world cup with you don't worry about it That is when you know you made the right choice. Now, if it's like, you know what? There's this hunting trip coming up. I don't want to miss it with my buddies. Then the girl knows that she made the wrong choice. You're going to cancel the wedding to go hunting. I do bring this up as an aside because at the World Cup in 2002, co-hosted by South Korea and Japan, the Irish national team went through a lot. (laughs) This is the Republic of Ireland. They were stationed on Saipan, which when I think about it, I just think about blood and guts and Marine Corps and just a meat grinder of tragic killing. But now it's a resort Island. And that's when Mick McCarthy, the head coach Roy Keane called him out for being English. And then Roy Keane quit the team and didn't play in the world cup two days before the world cup started. And then they also had a forward who played for Manchester city aptly named Stephen Ireland, and Stephen Ireland got a call that his grandfather had died and he needed to get home. Now, he was raised by his grandfather. It was basically his dad. So distraught, just hurting, he flew home. He landed in Dublin. His girlfriend picked him up and she said, I lied. I miss you. He's like, what? Your grandfather's fine. I just, I couldn't think of any other way to get you home. He was like, I think we're going to have to break up. Can you imagine that? That's a true story. And then he flew back. But that poor guy, how long did it take like the next day and being on the flight and knowing all that? And then she's like, I just, I couldn't think of any other way to get you home. You know, I'm in the World Cup right now. And then you do that. So that's when you know you have the wrong one. Yes. All right. I digress back to the Hawks and Trey young being most overrated and look Atlanta's front office. We got that, that uh, thing from the ringer two weeks ago saying green light trade, Trey young. What really? Now they did this poll, um, before with the athletic and The other two times, most overrated player in the NBA, the first time was Draymond Green. The second time was Russell Westbrook. And each of those guys got 17%. So there is no firm measurement of how overrated a player is because it depends on how you perceive his rating. And. I remember my friend who doesn't follow basketball. He thinks basketball is stupid. Okay. And he says, LeBron, it's all hype. (laughs) I'm like, how much of LeBron have you watched? He's like enough. I'm like, look, you can say I hate LeBron, but you sound like a blithering idiot when you say it's all hype. So look, Trey Young Did not make the All-Star game this year, although he made it the two years before. He's not going to be second-team All-NBA. That comes out after the playoffs. But, look, he's still a really good player. He averages over 26 points a game. He had a career high of over 10 assists per game. So... If you score me 26 and dish out 10, I like you. (laughs) But if you're supposed to be the best player in the league, then I I guess those numbers aren't great. But would I want Trey Young on my team? Yes, I'm not going to give you three first-round picks, but who wouldn't want a great player like that on their team? I know I would. So the whole being overrated, underrated, whole thing is is weird. Um, also, I don't know if you saw the, uh, the Cavs. They finally got their first playoff win without LeBron since 1998, beating the Knicks yesterday 107-90. I think my favorite moment of that game, which looked like it was going to be horrifying, Julius Randle on a breakaway went up, He got nailed. His leg went up. He flew into the first row. And while he's laying in the first row, there's a a guy there. He looked like, I don't know, he's like a 40-year-old white guy wearing jeans, whatever. Julius Randall put his hands on his knees, kind of like he kind of gave him a hug. And the guy kind of patted him on the back. And it wasn't just like to boost yourself up. He's kind of like, I got hurt. And he was kind of like holding his leg. Ah, it's kind of cute, <clears throat> isn't it? Is that creepy to you? Maybe it's creepy to you. <clears throat> so, yes. So, the, the Cavs, now they were at home. They didn't want to lose both games at home. The Knicks don't like getting beat by 17, but they'll be happy to go back to the Garden with getting one on the road. Um, not so much for those Hawks last night, as and it's a tall order anyway, to win at Boston... Murray led Atlanta with 29, same number that Tatum had, 29 and 10 rebounds. Remember, Tatum was a star until basically the NBA Finals when he kind of disappeared. I'd like to say it was all warrior defense, but it was also just he wouldn't shoot sometimes, like he was gun-shy. So Celtics up in that series to nothing, and then uh, the Suns also did not want to throw away home court. They had already lost game one to the Clips, They won in the Valley of the Sun, 126-109. Booker and KD combined from, I think it was 63 points. Uh, Kawhi, though, definitely showed up. 31 points, 8 rebounds, 7 assists. So you'd have to think that the Celtics-Hawks series is over, but there's still intrigue, Knicks and Cavs. that's probably my favorite series outside of... Well, it might even be my favorite series because the Warriors-Kings one is not going well. But there's so much intrigue between the Knicks and the Cavs that the Knicks feeling like this is finally redemption for them. And, then, and the Cavs are like, we can win without LeBron. We don't need Craig Elo. I remember dri- in 1986 driving by the Richfield Coliseum when I was going from Cleveland to the Hall of Fame in Akron or in Canton, sorry. And that's where the Cavs played. The Richfield Coliseum was way out in this. It was literally a forest. And that's back in the days when you said, we don't want ballparks downtown. It's all soot and crime and everyone's crowded. We have cars now. Let's drive to Chavez Ravine. Let's drive to Candlestick Park. Let's drive to the Oakland Coliseum, and now it's like, those places aren't even near downtown. Those places suck. Yeah, it's cyclical. All right, hey, call me up, 1-800-878-PLAY. Let's talk some sports on Sports Byline.
11: Everyone watches more than five hours of television. Really? And that's not counting mobile viewing. Get Dish TV and make that time worth it. With Dish, you can get hundreds of channels, access to all kinds of sports, tons of movies, premium channels, and more. Another thing that's really cool with Dish is you can watch most of your favorite shows on your mobile device anywhere for a lot less than cable. Yes, that's right. We are asking you to watch more TV and not less TV, but make it better television with Dish this time, anytime, anywhere. So call right now and learn how easy it is to save on your television bill and get the most out of your TV viewing experience. Dial that number and I promise you... We're here waiting for your call because we want to save you money and give you better television. We are Dish TV.
0: 800-293-0328. 800-293-0328. 800-293-0328. That's 800-293-0328. How would you like to get high-speed internet for your home for less than $2 a day?
5: Rick Tittle once threw a tennis ball at a donkey.
2: Hey, thank you for that. one 878 play 1-800-878-7529. Get on in and get hurt. That it hurt, let it hurt, let it let it Hey, come
17: on in and get hurt.
2: All right. We are here for you, and um, this is why I'm, uh, I want to let you know um, that... Sports Byline USA is the home. The home of all your sports talk needs. So let's hear it. Um, I'm going to take a quick look at the NFL for a second. Because according to NFL media, in other words, the rap sheet, Ian Rappaport, The phone is ringing off the hook in Santa Clara for Trey Lance. Hmm. Now, Lance was given the keys, but poor guy did his ankle in week two. And then Garoppolo got the keys, and now he's wearing silver and black. And Brock Purdy took the team to the playoffs, and he got his arm ripped off, basically. So what is Lance's resume in the league? (coughs) Well, he's 2-2 as a starter. He's completed 55% of his passes, five touchdowns, three interceptions in eight games. But here's the thing to remember about Trey Lance. He's 22. Wow. Now, he said he had a bad finger as a rookie, and it made him uh, throw the ball differently. Now, you might say, oh, that sucks. You might say, boo-hoo. But it remains to be seen how much Lance can improve at the uh, NFL level, but the 49ers I don't think are in a rush to part ways with him. Otherwise, this would be James Wiseman (laughs) 2.0. Except that the Warriors didn't give up three first-round picks to get James Wiseman. And Purdy is probably not going to be ready. This means that week one Sam Darnold. Wow! That's the kind of thing where you know, every Raider game I went to, I was excited, even when they sucked. I don't think I would be able to be excited going to the stadium knowing that Sam Darnold was going to start. Good. Gosh. But as I said, we have only one week left of mock drafts. And so I'm going to take a look today right now. And I have not read a lot from Jonathan Jones. You know, I look at Chris Wilson and Trapasso and some of these other guys, Pete Prisco. I'm going to go ahead because you just put one out today. Jonathan Jones is a writer for CBS Sports. He says Bryce Young is the no brainer for Carolina. Now, look, Bryce Young was at modern day, the same school that gave us the Burlines, that gave us um, Tim Rosenkrantz, who was the St. Mary's quarterback when I was there. It is the De La Salle the Moeller High School, what have you, the Westlake High of Southern California. And Bryce Young was going to go to USC. And at the last minute, he changed his mind and went to Alabama. I don't think he regrets it. National champ Heisman Trophy winner. But apparently they're printing up jerseys number nine with Young on them in Charlotte. Well, The Texans need a quarterback. They have the second pick. And can you imagine the feeling of seeing C.J. Stroud walk into the building? That's the guy for me. Not just because he's six inches taller than Bryce Young. I just like him better as a pro prospect now. Bryce Young made some plays at Alabama that defy description, fully deserving of his Heisman. I don't want to take anything away from him. He was fantastic. The NBA is fantastic. So that's his mock so far. Young to Carolina, Stroud to Houston, and then Will Anderson, three to Arizona. They already have their quarterback. He's the fourth highest-paid player in the NFL. Then Will Levis, Indianapolis at four. I would love to see that so the Raiders won't take him. And then he's got his mock trades, and this is what I don't like, but he's got mock trades. And that Anthony Richardson goes to the Seahawks at 5. They get the pick from – well, they already have the pick from Denver. Sorry. But that the Seahawks go with Anthony Richardson. They just extended Geno Smith, so this is going to be wrong. And then the Lions at 6, that was the trade – when uh, they brought in Matt Stafford, they say the Lions will not be of, will not be able to resist Jalen Carter. And then there he goes, despite all the flags and warnings. Seven Christian Gonzalez. Christian Gonzalez was at Colorado, and he was by far their best player, and they won one game in two years, whatever. So he transferred to Oregon. <laughs> But the reason, this is to the Raiders at seven, and the reason I would be happy with Christian Gonzalez because, as I said, day one starter, probably the best corner on the team. They had a guy last year that I thought was really coming into his own and got hurt and kind of didn't do anything. Eight, Devon Witherspoon from Illinois to Atlanta. Well, here's the thing. Atlanta just traded for Jeff Okuda. I don't see them going Witherspoon. Nine, Peter Skaronski, the tackle from Northwestern to the Bears to help Justin Fields. Ten, Tyree Wilson, the Texas Tech edge rusher, to the Houston Texans. This is a mock trade from Philadelphia. Paris Johnson, then, the offensive tackle at eleven. To the Titans. Now, a lot of people think the Titans go QB there. Then the best running back in the draft, 12 to Philadelphia. As I said, they trade with Houston. So he thinks that Houston would have to trade up two spots to get Tyree Wilson. That doesn't make a lot of sense if he thinks that the Titans are going to go with an offensive tackle. Do you look at your own mock drafts? You do one, Rick. No, I'm good. Uh, right, Bijan Robinson, UT, Austin, Eagles at 12. 13, Broderick Jones, another offensive tackle from Georgia to the Jets. And uh, are they going to have Brett Favre or not? I don't know. Uh, Darnell Wright, he's been a late riser. He's a tackle from Tennessee, 6'5", 335 to Tampa Bay at 14. Is that what they need right now? Uh, Then Jackson Smith in Jigba, the wide receiver at Ohio State, to uh, the Packers for Aaron Rodgers or Jordan Love. Joey Porter Jr., Washington, 16, which would break all the hearts in Pittsburgh because they pick next. And he's the corner from Penn State and... I don't. Know, I just see him going to the Steelers. He has the next pick, Deontay Banks, the corner out of Maryland, and you know Mike Tomlin has deep ties to the Terrapin program. But I mean, still, Michael Mayer, the first tight end off the board, he has to the Lions uh, out of uh, Notre Dame, and of course, you know they could use a tight end after dealing T.J. Hawkinson, six foot five golden dormer here. Nolan Smith, the edge rusher out of Georgia, would go to New England at 19. Some people think he could go higher. Zay Flowers, the wide receiver from Boston College, to the New York Giants at pick 20. And uh, this guy has a lot of speed. And you think about the offensive weapons that they're adding in New York as they've committed to Daniel Jones and getting Darren Waller. Dalton, of course, they had a rookie of the year at wide receiver and DB for the Jets in New York. But anyway, the Giants had a good draft too, TB Doe and others. Dalton Kincaid, 21st overall pick. This is the guy who went to uh, Napa High School, and he's the tight end out of Utah. Lucas Van Ness at 22 to the Jags. And this is in a mock with Baltimore. I don't know. Lucas Van Ness has been rising up. A lot of people think he won't get out of the top 15. He has Hendon Hooker first round pick to the Minnesota Vikings. And they have a lot of money wrapped up into Kirk Cousins. I don't see them using that money uh, that I should say that um, that pick on Hendon Hooker, but we'll see. I, Of course, I read a scathing report from a scout yesterday who basically said he was throwing layup bombs. He couldn't hit anybody with timing. Uh, he's not that mobile, and he couldn't fit passes into tight windows. Not very nice. Quentin Johnson to the Ravens at 24 in the mock. And here's the thing. Quentin Johnson is probably the best wide receiver in the draft. I just think that national championship for TCU has left a lot of <laughs> a lot of bad flavor. But I don't know if they go out and get Quinton. look, Quentin Johnson's fantastic. He's six three. He goes and gets the ball, but they just made a big splash getting uh, Beckham. Do they also want a first round pick wide receiver? Then you get Collegiate Cansey. he's a defensive lineman from Pittsburgh. He hasn't going to uh, Seattle. Uh, Brian Brise, we talked about him from Clemson, the defensive lineman. He was a guy who was supposed to have a lot of flags uh, as well. And I kind of think this kid, this is to Dallas at 26. I kind of think he drops into the second round, but we'll see. Oh, Sirens Torrance, great name. Uh, The best guard in the draft. And he's a day-one starter at guard. They have him to Buffalo at 27, and I'm sure Josh Allen would sign off. I approve this pick. My name is Josh Allen. Brian Branch, the big rangy safety out of Alabama to Cincinnati at 28. That would be a nice pick for them. Miles Murphy, the edge rusher from Clemson. Marcus Davenport left New Orleans in free agency. This is a guy from UT Austin. And uh, this is a pick owed from the uh, Niners. Then uh, the 30th pick, Will McDonald, the fourth out of Iowa State. We also talked about he had some red flags. And then they have in the mock, the last pick in the draft, 31st. Remember, Miami was penalized for tampering, so there's only 31 first-round picks. Darnell Washington, the tight end to the Chiefs out of Georgia. Now, you might say, when you have Travis Kelsey, why would you draft a tight end? And you'd say, well, you know, uh, they want two tight ends. Now, Kansas City is going to go defense. I'm telling you right now. So I disagree with probably, I don't know, at least half the picks, but this is why we say the word mock. You mock me. I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back on Sports Byline. <laughs>
0: that's 800 278 1738.
17: now Hmm? Why did you kiss my ear? Why are you holding my hand?
15: Where's your other hand? Between two pillows.
17: Those aren't pillows.
9: No! 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 <laughs>
5: Tittle ain't the man, but Rick Tittle know who the man is, and he slapped his white fanny.
2: All right, a couple minutes left in the show. Uh, Mookie Betts, a six-time gold-glove right fielder, one of my favorite non-A's, even though I hate the Dodgers and the Red Sox. Apparently, uh, his manager, Dave Roberts, says that when he gets back from paternity list that he might have him play shortstop, which he did in the minors. He kind of looks like a shortstop. Why would he have to play shortstop? Well, their young star there is out for the season with a knee injury, Gavin Lux. Miguel Rojas did his hamstring. Chris Taylor is day-to-day with a side issue. Yoni Hernandez can't be called up because he's hurt at AAA. And Luke Williams has never played shortstop before, even though he's played second and third. So, Betts uh, missed yesterday and will miss today. The paternity list has a maximum stay of three days. I know. Go for the berth and come back. But he was drafted as a shortstop. And, the of course, the Red Sox moved him to second base. But then they had Dustin Pedroia and Xander Bogart, so they moved him out to the outfield. And so it's not like he wouldn't know what he's doing. All right, I know what I'm doing. I'm hanging out with y'all. Come on back on Sports Byline.
15: USA News. I'm Richard Johnson. Attorneys for accused classified documents leaker Jack Teixeira want more time to make their case for bail. So the judge in Boston's delayed today's hearing on that subject. The 21-year-old Cape Cod man's accused of leaking highly classified documents to gamer friends in a chat room. And that's led to lots of questioning about why someone so young had access to such materials. Michigan Congresswoman Alyssa Slotkin, who was a CIA analyst right out of grad school, has an idea.
4: We live in a world where a lot of young people in the military have a lot of responsibility, a lot of access. We need to relook some of that and make sure we're, you know, keeping people who only have a need to know on some of the most sensitive things. Slotkin
15: says Share was an IT tech, so he would have access to the computer systems. House Republicans unveil their massive immigration reform bill today.
8: A lot of these ideas aren't new
14: ideas. It's finding the political will for people to solve them.
15: Texas Republican Congressman Tony Gonzalez says the GOP bill would end so-called catch and release and instead force migrants to apply for asylum before they reach the border. It's a solemn day in Oklahoma City as people mark the time 28 years ago When a man blew up the Murrah Federal Building, killing 168 people.
4: We come here
5: to remember those who were killed, those who survived, and those changed forever.
15: Like Cindy Farrell-Ashwood, who lost her sister. For the third time in a week, someone's recovering from being shot over making a mistake. This time, it's a high school cheerleader who mistook someone else's car for hers. The girl realized her mistake late Tuesday at a grocery store parking lot in Austin, Texas, but the man inside the car got out, walked to the car where 14 girls were sitting, and started firing. Two of the girls were hit, and one is in intensive care. The shooter is under arrest. This is USA News
14: Man, I feel like I'm in my 20s again, at work, in the gym, and in the bedroom. Are they still giving out complimentary bottles for people to try it for themselves? Yeah, you just need to send them a text. Text STAPLE to
7: 321321 right now for your complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total Tea, the number one selling testosterone booster at GNC. Plus, text now, and we'll include a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, our most powerful fat incinerator ever, to help you get back into shape fast, absolutely free. Text STAPLE to 321321. That's STAPLE to 321321.
15: We know about Netflix as the world's top streaming video company, but remember that nearly 25 years ago, Netflix began as a DVD rental service. You sign up, you ask for the movies, you get the DVDs in the mail, you watch the movies, then send the discs on to their next destinations. All that ends in September, when Netflix will shut down its DVD-by-mail service. The other big streaming service, Amazon, says it's rolling out a new tech feature that should make it easier to understand what's being said in its movies and shows. It's called Dialogue Boost, and the aim is to increase the volume of the people speaking in relation to the background sounds. The is already available on some Amazon original shows, like The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel and Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan. Some of the people who work at the happiest place on Earth may be a little happier this month. Security officers, bag checkers, canine handlers, and others at Disneyland have received big raises. About $18 an hour, going to $24 an hour. The hikes began on April 1st. Indio, California is home of the Coachella Music Festival, a source of pride and big-time income for the region. And that apparently includes the city's treasury, thanks to a big fine for curfew violations last week. Indio's finding festival organizers nearly $120,000 for going past the midnight cutoff time. The going rate, $20,000 once the music goes over by five minutes, then five grand for every minute beyond that. I'm Richard Johnson, USA News.
0: 800 943 2153. That's 800 943 2153.
13: Rick Tittle knows his sports.
4: I hate that guy. I love that guy. Oh my gosh, he's so fine. Rick Tittle brings home the bacon, fries it up in a pan, and then he eats it. Ricky T in the hizzle for shizzle, biznatch.
2: Welcome back to the program. It's great to have you with us. Rick Tittle with you. We have another hour to go. First two hours was free and clear. Now we have Noah Parker coming up talk a little NBA. And then we have an author, Chris Chalitza, a new book called Power Players. <clears throat> Sports, politics, and the American presidency. Uh, Daniel Bard is back with the Colorado Rockies. He's their uh, closer now. He began, on this, he began the season on IL with anxiety. Something that we've been more aware of and understanding about in the last few years. He said, I want to use my story to just give hope for people to get through really hard things, especially in sports, but also people outside of sports and in different areas, different walks of life, different professions where they hit a roadblock and feel like they lost their ability to do something they're supposed to be good at. I don't necessarily have clear-cut, take-this-pill kind of solutions, but I do have a lot of things I know help me and are a piece of the healing process for me. Now, he had some extreme control problems. You know, Rick Ankeel's disease, the yips and galls, Steve Sachs, Chuck Knobloch. He essentially retired six years ago. And then he worked with a mental skills coach with the Diamondbacks, something that John Baker used to do for the Cubs. He attempted to come back to the Rockies and at thirty seven years old, you know, the last three years he's had sixty saves, got a nineteen million dollar extension. But early this month, Austin Meadows of the Tigers stepped away for mental health reasons and Bard said about him, quote, I hope he's getting what he needs. It takes time to heal just like any other injury. So this is something that would have been unheard of 20 years ago. I said we're more understanding, trying to be more understanding of this real thing. 1-800-878-PLAY, twitch.tv, hey, how's it going, eh? And tune in app iHeartRadio app and around the world on American Forces Radio Network. Twitter is at Rick Tittle. We'll see you in a second.
13: Let's help you next. Take advantage of the opportunity to get started today. Call 1-800-356-7308. That's
0: 1-800-356-7308. Again, 1-800-356-7308.
6: Let's keep making money together.
0: This far into rush hour traffic, most people would have rage accelerated at least once. But not you, Lacey, no hard accelerations ever, Johnson. Because you are a safe driver. And like most drivers who sign up for Snapshot from Progressive, which customizes your rate for how and how much you drive, you could earn a discount for your good driving. So if your hula-dancing dashboard doll thinks you're going to hard accelerate because you're running late, then your hula-dancing dashboard doll doesn't know. Lacey, no hard accelerations ever, Johnson. Sign up for Snapshot today. Progressive Casualty, insurance
17: company, and affiliates. Snapshot not available in all states or from all agents.
2: Hey, thanks for that. Welcome back to the show, Rick Tittle with you around the world on American Forces Radio Network as well. It's 11:12. We like to check in with one of our friends from Pro Wagering and Pro Wagering.com and we have our friend Noah Parker who covers the NBA. Uh, Noah, we've seen this movie with Draymond time and time again and despite how what a veteran he is and how supposedly mature he is, you know, once again he is suspended and the season started with a punch, probably end with a stomp. Well, what do you think about the Warriors' chances down 0-2? Uh,
18: slim and none, I'll just say that. I, I really uh, think that's a huge blow. I mean, I know they can still play fast, but against this team, you know, they don't really have a lot of depth down low, the Kings anyway, so it shouldn't really affect them too much. But um, I, I really didn't like the call for even him to get suspended. I understand why they did that. But, uh, you know, obviously the Warriors, they get high, they could beat anybody. I just don't see it happening, though, against this Kings team that just looks looks better. A lot of people thought this line would be around eight, nine points, game three. But I didn't think it was going to be any higher than seven. That just tells you right there that, the, you know, the power range might have changed on head-to-head matchup with these two teams. They match up pretty well. Um I could see I see Kings in five or six at the most.
2: Let's talk about the games tonight. The first one, the Lakers at the Grizzlies, and the status of John Morant, who didn't break his hand, but it's still up in the air. Uh, your thoughts here.
18: Yeah, you know, we, we I've talked about this in the past that the Grizzlies team, you know, they're pretty resilient. Without him, they're just as good. I like Tyus Jones more of a natural point guard. With that offense, anyway, so it shouldn't be too much of a step back. It's kind of a surprising line to me there that it's a pick 'em. I do like the Grizzlies tonight. Uh, one of the best home environments in in the playoffs. I can see Memphis winning this game, making this a series. But the Lakers are playing pretty high right now, so that's why they had to make this line pick 'em around there. But I, it's not like this, that big of a drop off losing John Moran. It's still a pretty good team with everybody else. Uh, you got the defensive player of the year and Jaron Jackson, who also has a pretty good jumper. And you got, you know, you got Tyus Jones, who's not like a, he's not, he's a pretty solid backup to me. He can start on a few teams, and they've already played a lot of games last year without John Morant, and this year with the suspension and all that stuff. So it's not like they're going into uncharted waters here. Giving the Grizzlies tonight, they may make this a series one-one.
2: Then we talk about game two, the Heat at the Bucks, and of course, uh, the Bucks without the Greek Freak are not the same. We'll see his status, but we do know that Tyler Harrow broke his hand and he is done, and uh, that's a uh, that sucks for Miami. But uh, do you think they can go two and zero on the road here?
18: I don't think they go two and zero on the road. Uh, it's funny that Grayson Allen was involved in that play somehow. He's always somehow <laughs> around stuff like that. But um uh, it's gonna be real tough for them. They've had a gritty win last, last game, but I still think the Bucks win this series going away. They'll they'll find a way. Um the Heat won that game pretty much wire to wire. So I'm going uh I'm going Bucks win one here, and then they, they come back and they split on the road and then they go in six games.
2: Then the last game, the T Wolves uh at Nuggets and um you know, Carl Anthony Towns is so important uh, underneath, but, you know, you got Jokic in there, and, and Murray got hot in the last game, so you got to lean on guys like Edwards and Noel and Anderson. Minnesota, no chance? No,
18: no chance. They, if they, uh, <clears throat> they made it farther than most people thought they were going to make it anyway, so they're happy with where they are in the season, but I, I can't see them winning a game in the series. It's either they get swept or they might pull game three out somehow.
2: Yesterday's games, the Hawks and the Celtics. Um, I mean, what do you expect? The Hawks, uh, they you know had to play themselves into this situation yet again. But uh, do they get swept? Do they at least get one in Atlanta?
18: No, same situation. I think the Hawks are, That was their playoff series too. I think they're happy with uh, with getting out of the play-in and you know making it presentable. But there's so many problems going on in the front office and in the, in the playoff
4: that uh are,
18: are, you know just to get to the playoffs was a win for them i, I don't know what they're doing with their head coach situation and trey Young's rumors are getting traded so uh where they as far as they went this year i think that's as far as they're going
2: the uh clippers uh didn't win game 2 but they'll feel still good about themselves getting out of phoenix with a split as they go back to la booker and Katie showed up big. Kawhi still had a good game yesterday, but uh, do you think the Suns are like, alright, you had your win, you had your fun, now we're taking over, or do you give L.A. more of a chance?
18: I give L.A. more of a chance. Uh, they got a lot of depth, and I've been saying it all year, that this their bench is, is is pretty stout. Losing Paul George is huge, and if he can come back somewhere in this series, I think they can make it a, definitely make it a series, go six games, maybe even seven, but I wouldn't count the Clippers out yet. I think this will be one of the best series left.
2: And then your Knicks... They got one in Cleveland. They got a little bit beat up yesterday, but uh, you feeling good about going back to the garden?
18: I do. Uh, that was a great zigzag spot for Cleveland yesterday. They had to win that game. Obviously, the rumors of Josh Hart not playing, and then, uh, you know, Cleveland can't go down 0 two at all. Big spot that, uh, you know, it looks like blowout all over it, but i love to spot game three, Matt, the Zig and zagging right back. Um, Nick's playing on uh they are clicking on all cylinders right now. So for me, I'm I see Nick winning games three and four, especially with how bad Cleveland is on the road.
2: Last question for you. Did you see when Randall got nailed and he landed on his back, he, as he was getting up, he kind of hugged that guy's knee as he was, <laughs> it was kind of like, like it was his mom. He was kind of like, take care of me. <laughs>
18: <laughs> that was a little weird, I. Eh? <laughs> but uh, I did see that. I'm not sure what was going on there, but hey, uh, if he, as long as he's healthy uh, going in, he to me he's not even the best player on the team. I know he was an all star, but it's all about Jalen Brunson. And if Emmanuel quickly can show up in this series anytime, uh, it's going to be a big difference maker in the next one of this series. Because to me, he's uh, six man of the year, or close to it. So I'm going uh, if he can wake up. And bring a spark off the bench. It can close the series down five, or, or at worst, in the garden in six.
2: There he is, Noah Parker from ProWagering and ProWagering.com. Thanks, Noah.
18: Thank you, Rick. Have a good
2: one. All right. Sounded like uh, he was in the middle of jogging on the beach. <laughs> Some wind going on there. Emmanuel quickly. I mean, first of all, what a great name for a guard. <clears throat> but I- I've never understood the whole plus-minus thing, I mean, I obviously understand it. And I don't even really like plus-minus in hockey because it's a team sport. Um, But in basketball, I really don't like plus-minus. I mean, if you look at the Knicks, like, everybody on their team has, like, a... It's just weird. Like, Darius Garland's, like, a plus-29, but, like, what, what does that mean? Is he playing defense? Is he not? Quickly off the bench last night, still had 12... If you can come off the bench in an NBA playoff game and give me 12, you're doing a good job. You definitely are. But, yeah, Randall was the star, and, of course, the first-round pick in, in Barrett. Those are the guys getting the love. And when Brunson was brought in, a lot of people thought, you know. He's, it's The funny thing is, is Brunson, he looks like he's 45. He was just at Nova, like, four years ago or whatever. So he's like, 26 or whatever but he's a guy it's amazing how these guys bounce around like think how many think about sabonis bounce around you think about lowry markinen is he on his third i mean it's just these guys it's just funny it's, it's how fickle this business can be as well fickle pickle rick pickle pickle rick come on back we got open lines here at one 800
0: That's 800-965-1295.
5: his servants.
2: Don't have servants. You talking about <clears throat> crazy? Y'all is crazy. Coming up in the next segment, we will have a uh, author on the show, Chris Chalitza. Chaliza. we'll find out. If it was a time, it'd be Chalitza. The um Uh, The star of the San Diego Padres, the star Juan Soto, will remember Fernando Tatis Jr. He hasn't played since the final day of the 2021 season. So for the first time in 565 days, he's going to step out in a major league uniform tomorrow night. It'll be a series opener against Arizona. It'll be the completion of his 80-game performance-enhancing drug suspension Remember when he was nailed, he said, I'm truly sorry. I've let so many people down. I've lost the love. And his dad was like, it's not fair. He's already with the Padres. He spent the last few days working out with them. He was absolutely raking on his minor league assignment. I think he had like five home runs or something. But at the time of the suspension, he said, I'm going to remember what this feels like. And I'm not going to put myself in this position ever again. Well, listen, as I said, he's with the Padres. He's been working out with them. And the rule stipulates suspended players cannot be on the premises for games. So adhere to the book. He had to leave the entire stadium before first pitch. And Bob Melvin said, we'll just try to bubble wrap him, get him to Arizona, and he'll be in that first game there. So D-backs schedule depicts uh, Ryan Nelson, a right-hander, Never have they uh, faced each other, um, but Tatis at Chase Field is a 405 hitter in 13 games. Now, something to remember: as I said, the uh, the timeline. In December of 2021, he crashed his motorcycle. He hurt his wrist. Then, in March, he had surgery to repair a broken left wrist. Then in September of last year, he had surgery to repair the labrum in his, the labia in his left shoulder. Then October, he had another surgery to stabilize the left wrist. Now keep in mind the motorcycle accident appeared during the owner initiated lockout. So that meant no San Diego medical personnel could even call him or text, no communication, nothing. He reported he had minor scrapes Then they found out the wrist was broken and Tati said, nothing crazy. I thought it was something we could work through. It's terrible. I feel like everyone's disappointed, especially me. Well, last August he got a minor league rehab. He played in four double a games. Then he got hit with that suspension. So got hurt, then got suspended. And after he got suspended, He decided to have his shoulder repaired. And A.J. Preller, the GM, said we expect him to be ready for spring training. He should be able to go. So um, players serving PED suspensions are allowed to play in the minor leagues to tune up for when the suspension is over. And what did he do at AAA? In eight games, he hit 515 with seven home runs. Last weekend, he had 12 at-bats, and he hit six home runs. (laughs) You talk about being too good for a level. 515 with seven home runs. Six home runs and 12 at-bats. And this is with the El Paso margaritas and some of this other stuff. But, um. They were saying we've never seen anything like that in the history of a rehab assignment. We've never seen like that in AAA history. Well, suspensions only cover regular season and postseason. Tatis was eligible to play in spring training. He played well, hit two seventy-three, two home runs. And it should be noted, I think, that Tatis spent twenty eighteen in Double A before making the San Antonio roster. So the eight games he played this month were the first times he had ever played at triple A. And I say El Paso margaritas cause they wear those at home. It is the Chihuahuas. Chihuahuas. But here's the other thing. It's a whole new world because Tatis now has a new position. The last five months, the Padres have signed Xander Bogarts, Manny Machado, and Jake Cronenworth to long-term contracts. There is no room in the infield. Fernando Tatis Jr. is now a full-time right fielder. Now, he did play 20 games there in the past, but this is permanent. He did not play one inning in spring training or AAA in the infield. He said, I feel like I'm still going to impact the game a lot that way. Controlling the game from right field. I'm definitely looking forward to it. You don't really see many infielders who have a really good arm anymore. I'm trying to be... Or many outfielders have really good arm. I'm trying to be one of those guys. I mean, 30 out of 30 right fielders in the big leagues used to have a cannon. They would control the game on the back end. I can be one of those guys. It's interesting they say they don't have cannons anymore. But... had he not been suspended, probably Xander Bogarts wouldn't have been signed and he would have kept his job. I don't know. Maybe they would have done this anyway. But, listen, throwing from short, he could be erratic and maybe that arm will be good in right field. I mean, you can profile him anywhere, really. And when you're an outfielder that's inexperienced, the ball will find you, Connor Cable. Mark Canna, but he's so athletic. And look, the Padres really need him despite the big payroll, despite the star power. They came into uh, the game today 25th in runs per game, 3.79, which I think is three more than the A's. The Padres are hitting 224 as a team, and they have already started four different right fielders. Jose Azakar, David Dahl, Brandon Dixon, and Rugned Odor. And those four guys have hit 170 with no dingers. That is the worst right field combination outside of Kansas City. That's right. Even the A's have better right fielders than the Padres. So going from that Tatis is a massive upgrade. Bob Melvin said, San Diego manager, it's still early in the season. We have a deep lineup. We're going to score runs. We have the ability to at times blow teams out. We also have Fernando Tatis coming as well. So pretty soon it's going to lengthen our lineup some. And yes. And Melvin already said Tatis is leading off. That's where he hits. And I don't know if I'd have a guy with that much power leading off, but when you have that Look, this is, this is what they get right now. One through four. And I, I would like you to show me another team. I, I think maybe you can match it. I don't know if you can beat it. Fernando Tatis leading off. Juan Soto hitting second. Xander Bogarts hitting third. Manny Machado cleaning up. One through four? That's downright crazy. So you can question how good Tatis will be after 545 days, but there's basically no history of prime age stars returning from PED suspension in a diminished state. I mean, you think about Robbie Cano coming back. He was great. Alex Rodriguez came back. He was fine. Tatis just turned 24 in January. And in 2021, He's a guy who hit two eighty two with 25 steals. He led the National League in dingers with 42 and only 130 games. And ever since he's been in the big leagues, he's played at an MVP level. And if he does come back diminished, it would probably have more to do with the surgeries than the, uh, than the PEDs. <clears throat> but, and look, it's got to suck being a shortstop and then being a right fielder. There's no doubt about it. Now, sometimes you just got to do what you got to do. Robin Yount was the shortstop from 19 years old with Milwaukee until they had this young phenom named Gary Sheffield. And yes, he was a shortstop. So they moved Robin Yount, not just to the outfield, but to center. And he was flying all over the place, the old man in center field. So you can embrace it or not. I think Tatis is just so happy to be back. He doesn't care. But yeah, when you're out in the outfield, boring. (laughs) It is really, really boring out there. And you got a long way to go in. You got a long way to go out. And any schmuck can play right field. Kind of what Tatis was pointing out. Any schmuck can play right field. So when you're the shortstop, you're like the quarterback, you're the star. But, you know, out of sight, out of mind. Not really, but kind of. All right, I'm Rick Tittle. We'll come on back on Sports Byland.
8: For a deal you can count on, bet on Biggie and choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. Bag boys, bag boys.
14: U.S. price participation may vary. Includes choice of double stack JVC or crispy chicken sandwich with four-piece nugs, junior fry, and small soft drink. Third-party delivery pricing may be higher.
6: Do you love golf, boxing, soccer, wrestling? Then sign up for the podcast from your favorite sport and never miss a show. With Podcasting, we deliver the best programs directly to your computer every week, automatically. Just go to SportsByline.com and click on the Get Podcast button. You'll never miss another show. Visit SportsByline.com today.
8: it doesn 't really matter i uh, I don't like my job, and uh, I don't think I'm going to go anymore.
5: Tittle thinks there's a direct correlation between dogs and lightning.
2: All right. Thank you for that. And welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. It's our pleasure to welcome to the show author Chris Saliza. He has a, a new book from Twelve Publishing, a hardback called Power Players, Sports, Politics, and the American Presidency. And, uh, Chris, it's a very interesting uh, way of looking at things about how uh, our Commander-in-Chief tells us about our sports sometimes. When did you get the idea behind it?
19: Wow, this is going to age me. First of all, thank you for having me on. Uh, About 2020, I had the uh, idea uh, to sort of look into the sports our presidents played, the sports they sort of watched – uh, as they aged uh, and sort of what it could tell us about who they are and how they governed. It took me, obviously, until this week to execute that, that plan. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I, it, it was a long time germinating only because I didn't want to, when you write a politics, I spent a long time in pol- in political journalism. And when you write a book about politics these days, it's very hard to write one that can appeal to anyone across the spectrum of Uh, Of ideology. You know, Trump folks, Biden folks, people in between, people who don't vote. I really wanted to write a book that touched on the presidency, but was not obsessed with the partisan piece of it. And that's a... uh, It's not an easy line to walk. Um, I was very lucky in the way that this book played out, that it's... um, this book is about the presidency, but it really is, I tried to keep the focus pretty narrowly to sports and the presidency so that I wasn't veering into sort of the politics and policy of these presidents. It's much more about what sports they played, what sports they liked, and what it tells us about them.
2: Well, let's just start off with the one before this one, because Donald Trump was at a, uh, a professional wrestling thing, and, and he always talked about fake news, and he was at a fake sport. I thought that was kind of funny.
19: Yeah, you know what's telling about him is I I, uh, I always say to people, if you want to understand Donald Trump, you need to understand professional wrestling. Um, <laughs> there's so much in pro wrestling that speaks to sort of how Trump has positioned himself as a candidate. The whole, like there are good guys and there are bad guys. There are people that you cheer and there are people that you, bl- you boo. The blurring of the line between reality and Fake, right? What what what's what's real and what's fake? Uh, he and Vince McMahon, who until very recently was the head of the WWE, are good friends. To the extent Donald Trump has good friends, uh, Vince McMahon is one of them. Uh, I think Vince, uh, Donald Trump looks to Vince McMahon as sort of a, as a, uh, a peer. Uh, took some uh, notes on how Vince McMahon ran his business. Um, and I think you see it played out in the 2016 campaign, and then all the way, you know, he's, he's at UFC events, he's at WWE events, he's the only president to take part in not one but two professional wrestling storylines, These were in the 90s, but regardless, I think a lot of his persona and how he approaches the uh, voters comes through the lens of pro wrestling.
2: I was at the Army-Navy game in Philly in 2017, and he came out and waved on the field and then left. And the funny thing about that was I thought the security was going to be horrific in the press box. I I just walked right in. It was kind of weird. Oh, that's
18: nice.
19: Yeah, (laughs) normally I would would agree with you that I would think that that would be bad.
2: Um, Then, of course, I remember Obama doing his brackets. And a lot of people, you know, wanted to know who he would pick for the national champion. And all those type of things, they help because I think you point out when he went and played a little – hoop with the tar heels he won north carolina by less than one percent of the vote mm-hmm. and who's to say that didn't help
19: and he played three-on-three games throughout north carolina and indiana in two thousand eight both very uh... basketball centric states that he won uh... in indiana certainly huge surprise in north carolina pretty big surprise exactly that was my point is you know you're talking about the margins uh... here you know less than one percent of the vote in both cases uh, who's to say it didn't make a difference? Um, you know, I think that uh, for Obama, he, he, from a relatively early age, I think he struggled with fitting in. You know, he was a kid with a, an African father, a white mother from Kansas, grandparents who lived in Hawaii. He had been raised partly in Indonesia, partly in Hawaii. He, on his eleventh birthday, he only meets his dad twice ever in his whole life, and one of the two times is on his eleventh uh, when he's eleven at Christmas time, and his dad gives him a basketball, which is kind of a weird gift in that it wasn't a huge sport in Africa at the time. And Barack Obama, he was known as Barry Obama at the time. He didn't really play it actively when he was eleven, but he writes in Dreams of My Father about that gift and how it sort of basketball led him to a place where he felt like he fit in he felt he felt like the vibe of it was was right for him and you know he plays uh, throughout on the campaign trail and then he also plays in the white house and he still played after the white house until michelle obama the former first lady was worried he was going to get injured and he switched to golf but it's something that carried through his entire life and i do think gave it some meaning and and some purpose
2: yeah when i I heard power players and sports and and the presidents the first thing i thought i was Gerald Ford at Michigan, a linebacker yep. and a center and two national championships, and then going into the Navy in, in World War II. But during his presidency, I mean, we knew he loved Michigan, but and I was just a, a little kid at the time he was president, but I don't remember him being a diehard football fan. Was that kind of, we weren't there yet with our celebrity presidents?
19: Well, I think he... It may have been part of that, yes. I mean, media coverage was obviously very different then. But I also think that Ford downplayed how good an athlete he was when he was in the White House. I think he didn't want to be portrayed as just a dumb jock. Uh, Lyndon Johnson said uh, very famously about Ford that he'd been hit in the head one too many times without a helmet on. Um, And so there there was this notion that Ford didn't want to focus on how good an athlete he was. And to your point... There's no debate over who the most, who the best athlete to ever serve in the White House is. It's clearly Gerald Ford. He not only played at Michigan, was an All-American, but he also got offers to play for the Bears and the Lions after college. So, you know, this was like a. There's no other president who comes anywhere close to that, that level of bona fides when, it, when it, in terms of athletic accomplishment. But I think he was very cognizant of this idea that he did not want to be just an athlete, just the guy who played at Michigan. And so he downplayed, in a lot of ways, his his athletic prowess, probably to his detriment, because, you know, I think one of the funniest and oddest things is the lasting image of Gerald Ford for a lot of people is this kind of bungling guy, and some of that's because of how Chevy Chase portrayed him on Saturday Night Live. Some of it's because he was, for as good an athlete as he was, he was a great skier, he was good at most sports he picked up. He was not a good golfer. And, you know, he and Bob Hope were very good friends. Bob Hope would always Joke about how uh, how many people Ford hit with golf balls and that sort of thing. All of that undermined this image of him. I think when people think of him, they think of him as as kind of clumsy. The opposite was true. I mean, this this guy was an elite level athlete who was just sort of misunderstood, at least partly uh, uh, because of his unwillingness to embrace his athleticism in the White House.
2: Then we get to W and that pitch at Yankee Stadium after nine eleven and. I think even people who didn't vote for him, even people who hated him would probably deep down think we need a strike down the middle right now. And he delivered it.
19: Totally. I think I, you know, when, when I first started the book, that was the image I had in my mind's eye, right? Uh, uh Bob Shepard, the Yankees play by play guy, or Yankees announcer is saying, you know, and now president George W. Bush. And he comes out, um, fascinating backstory to that. Um, he's, Bush is below Yankee Stadium in a hitting cage warming up before the pitch. And Derek Jeter, the Yankee captain in shortstop, comes by and uh, says, are you going to throw from the mound? And Bush says, well, you know, I'm going to throw from the front of the mound and we want to make sure I get it there and stuff. And Jeter says, I think you should probably throw from, you know, like get on the rubber and throw from the actual mound. And Bush is like, oh, okay, you know, I, I, I guess, last-minute change in plans. And Jeter says, the last thing Jeter says to him before he walks out is, don't bounce it. <laughs> so now Bush has all that in his mind. He's, got, he's wearing a, 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 you know, the, the, the gear, the the bulletproof vest, so mm-hmm. he's already a little bit bulky. But, you know, watch that film. If it doesn't give you chills, I don't think you're human. You know, he steps out onto the mound. He throws it right down the middle. The crowd goes bananas. Um, and I think for him, you know, it's it's the seminal moment of his presidency. Uh, certainly on a positive front, it's the it's the thing that people remember him most for uh, performing in that moment, and that's sort of the ultimate sports and politics moment.
2: Yeah, he thought it was mission accomplished on the carrier, but it was probably that.
1: Yes.
19: Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I think in terms of positive images of him, it's 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 the yes. bullhorn on the on the rubble of nine eleven and the. Uh, and, and the pitch in terms of negative it 's definitely mission accomplished,
2: you know the other thing um his dad was the the horseshoe guy, and then you you think about uh you know well that 's kind of fun, but he he took it very seriously and he had like a league right
19: totally <laughs> so George H. w. Bush is sort of the beating heart of the book you know i did I wrote about thirteen presidents hes he 's the one that I think, is the most intriguing in terms of sports and politics. So he's this incredibly competitive guy who's always looking for outlets for his competitiveness. So in the White House, he tasks this like 22-year-old kid as the horseshoe commissioner. And this kid is in charge of running two tournaments, one in the fall and one in the spring. The one in the spring was sort of like a March Madness tournament. And it's Bush doesn't play against senators and ambassadors and donors, he plays against the permanent staff of the White House. So the electricians and the footmen and the janitors, they all have teams. The cooks, they all have teams and play against him, him and Marvin, his son. And he gets way into it. There are brackets. Uh, he does scouting uh, with various people. He makes sure that they go and get uh, ice bags to cool down the clay in the, hot, in the hot months in Washington to make sure the clay is the rights of uh, uh, texture for throwing of horseshoes, he gets way into it. And that, that's sort of the nature of who the guy is. Um, one of my favorite stories his daughter, Doro, told me for the book is that as he aged, he would compete with the grandkids for who could fall asleep first uh, at night. So you know, <laughs> this is a competitive guy who was looking for ways to channel it, which again, is a little bit at odds with the way he was perceived. You know, he always battled the wimp factor. You know, is he too wimpy to be president? Uh, The the reality of the situation was that, you know, this was a very accomplished athlete. He played first base at Yale. He was the captain of the Yale baseball team. Um, But that image of him was not really in keeping with it.
2: Yeah, and he could have completely, you know, been the senator's son and got out of the war, and here he is getting shot down by the Japanese. He was the antithesis of a wimp. Um, we, we have less than a minute, but did anybody golf more than Ike?
19: No, not even close. I always roll my eyes when people criticize uh, Obama and Trump for how much they golfed. Ike golfed five times as much as both of them. Uh, he would take months off. He would take August to October off <laughs> uh, from Washington. He would still work, but take those months off, go to Colorado, and play 36 holes uh, every single day. So no, no one golfed more than him. I'm not sure anyone could golf more than him. Uh, certainly not in this modern political environment where everyone's keeping track of every round that you play.
2: <laughs> the book, it's nothing like it. you got to pick it up. Power Players, Sports Politics, and the American Presidency from 12 Publishing from our guest, Chris Saliza. That's C-I-L-L-I-Z-Z-A. Chris, thanks for coming on, and congratulations on the book.
1: Oh, it was a pleasure. Thank you for having me.
2: All right, I'm Rick Tittle. We will come on back right here on Sports by.
0: That's 800-278-1738. Has your heater or air conditioner busted? Appliance broken? Computer crashed? Then you need an ARW home warranty. 800 867 6917. 800 867 6917. That's 800 867 6917.
1: You talking to me? You talking to me?
5: Rick Tittle can usually be found at He Baby Mama House.
2: Oh, we have a Trey Lance rumor. The Vikings want to trade for him. Now, I was just talking about how Jonathan Jones said that the Vikings will select Hendon Hooker, 23 overall. The thing I love about Hendon Hooker 27 touchdowns, two picks with 70% completion. That's nice. But uh, this is the uh, rumor from Cody Benjamin. Of CBS Sports. He says, Trey Lance at a third-round pick, straight up for Kirk Cousins. And so Kyle's reunited with Kirk in Washington. He's in a walk year. He holds down the fort until Brock Purdy is healthy. And maybe they do some damage. So you're basically giving up on Trey Lance and, the, the of course, the three picks you give up to give him. And a third-round pick. Do you, Dominic, do that trade. Trey Lance and a third-round pick for Kirk Cousins for one year.
3: I'm in the camp of I would trade Brock Purdy before I trade Trey Lance.
2: Whoa, there it is. He still likes Trey Lance. And listen, there's there's a lot to like about him. Um, if you watch his college film, <laughs> he's never really had a full shake yet. So it's not to say he's a bust. But he certainly hasn't let the world on fire either. All right, we'll keep our eye on that. Thanks for tuning in, we'll see you tomorrow, 9 a.m. Pacific time.